afternoon on Fellowship Day 270. It's another one of those rotund round Friday afternoons, uh, 270. Nice round number to end the week as always. And I'm on the tips of my toes. I'm about to head out early this Friday afternoon. Finish a little bit early, a little bit early. I'm not carrying any academic guilt at all, honest. Ooh. Anyway, 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 I'm coming to you this Friday afternoon with another revitalised version of an old blog. I came to you on day 260 and gave you some thoughts and a reading of my Chemistry World article about the people in our care, Uh, a story of when I first learned about poor leadership and how it can affect someone in our care and how that's started the ball rolling for me thinking about leadership trying to be a better leader myself uh, and eventually the thing that catalyzed me starting the blog and, and everything that's come since including the podcast today so the entry the blog that I'm going to read for you in a way is a follow-on to that uh, initial article it was something that I wrote kind of in response to some of the replies I got after publishing the original article about the people in our care, about examples of poor and uh, exemplary leadership. Exemplary, that's a tough word to say, isn't it? Did you hear me stumble over that there? I'm not even been drinking. There it is. Exemplary leadership. Uh, So yes, moving on. Moving on, uh, the the blog that you're going to hear from today uh, was a follow-up to the original article and uh, is a few more thoughts on not pointing the finger at poor leadership but probing a little bit deeper into what can cause poor leadership. It's not always the case that you're dealing with some sort of big-headed megalomaniac narcissist who just wants to promote themselves at the cost of all others. Not saying that doesn't happen, not saying that doesn't happen, but there are many cases where, uh, in my opinion, poor leadership is the symptom of other things going on, the symptom of environment, the symptom of pressures, the symptom of incentivized behaviors that come together to give you the tip of the iceberg that is someone who looks like a terrible leader but what you're not seeing submerged beneath the freezing cold surface are all of the things that could be going on that are resulting in that person coming across as a a terrible leader and thus affecting everyone in their care. In fact, that little analogy, the little um, picture I I was painting of that situation there was the, the graphic that I put at the top of this blog that you're going to hear from where... You know, you've got the the poor leader standing on the tip of the iceberg, casting down their instructions to uh, a beleaguered group of people uh, who are under that leader's control and are, are tired or weary with the results of that. Um, but underneath, uh, in the darker part of the iceberg that you can't see, there's thoughts on you know the psychological issues, the fear, the ego, the pride, the ambition, the pressure past experiences, the loneliness maybe, all of the things that could be leading, uh, uh, not a good word choice there, but um, 
inevitably uh, contributing to poor leadership. I hope that makes sense so far. But given that I've spotted that I'm close to rambling at this point, I hope the original article was used to you, thinking about people in our care. Poor leaders versus exemplary leaders. I said exemplary better that time. But now I hope that the follow-on blog to that article gives you cause to think about the situation more deeply and that not all of these stories are simple. Not everything can be solved by pointing the finger of blame. So here we go. Please enjoy this audio essay, Poor Leadership, But What Lies Beneath. Quote, the person who does wrong does wrong to themselves. The unjust person is unjust to themselves. From Marcus Aurelius, Roman Emperor and Stoic Philosopher. I once told the story of a friend who almost gave up on a promising career in science because of her PhD supervisor's poor leadership. As a lecture and an article, the story resonated. For the people who reached out to me after I published my original article in Chemistry World, it was uh, as if I had bottled the feeling of deja vu and placed it in their hands. They'd heard this all before. The same story, different setting. Whether it was the tap on my shoulder after a lecture or an unexpected email from someone responding to that original article, which I'll link you to below. Stories of poor supervision were returned to me many times over. Stories of leaders behaving badly are in no short supply. The responses to the story I mentioned convinced me of that. These stories are many and plenty. Now, quite understandably, it upsets those of us who hear examples of poor leadership, those of us who would like to believe we'd never do anything so tyrannical. The problem is so unacceptably commonplace, in fact, that the Royal Society of Chemistry in 2018 launched a helpline to support students and staff who had themselves been bullied. Whilst there are many cases of leaders and supervisors taking drastic, despicable and embarrassing action to further their careers at the expense of students in their care, one question is often missed. What else is going on? The nature and eminently reasonable reaction to stories or experiences of poor leadership is anger. For some victims, alas, even depression is triggered. But if the best revenge is to live a happy life, we have to ask what's the root of a supervisor's questionable actions? They were once a student. What's going on in their story that led them to be another case in poor leadership? If the person serving you coffee or food doesn't grace you with a five-star smile and a world-class service, it's probably not your doing. In all likelihood, they could be stressed, upset, angry, lonely, worried about bills, worried about the job, worried about kids, uncertain about their future, longing to be doing 
what they want with their spare time, so too might the minds of some supervisors be overcast with many such worries. Their better judgement and how best to supervise students and staff may be clouded by something we can't see. A recent support commissioned jointly by the Royal Society and the Wellcome Trust explained that job control, levels of autonomy, role clarity and overwork can contribute to stress and eventual burnout for staff in research environments. This will sound like I'm urging everyone to give poor leaders the benefit of the doubt. I'm not, not always. However, it's worth asking the question every time we hear one of these terrible stories of bullying or mismanagement. And here is that question. Poor leadership, yes, but what lies beneath? We may only be seeing the tip of the iceberg. We may be facing a mask that hides a thousand worries. How then can we build an environment in which all supervisors' most supportive leadership skills can emerge untainted? Thanks again for listening. I'll see you soon for another episode of the Read Indeed podcast. Don't forget you can reach out on the website with your questions and I'll bring them forward and answer them in real time in a Q&A episode. Have a great evening. I'll see you soon. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head over to the website where not only will you find the written blog versions of these podcasts, you'll find my leadership blog series, the daily thought series and information about my book on managing the imposter phenomenon. We also have even more free resources and webinars linked to the YouTube channel. So head on over to dr-mark-read.com. That's dr-mark with a c-reid.com. Thanks again for listening.